Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues defeat the Ottawa Senators 5-2 in convincing fashion. We're going to be talking all about the game, and that's it because it was a fun one. The game just ended. Uh, Looking forward to it, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and I am joined by my uh, failing to pick the correct Locked On player of the game co-host, Thomas Welch. And we got a good episode for you today. Uh, the St. Louis Blues took on the Ottawa Senators just a few moments ago and came away with a 5-2 victory, like I said, in convincing fashion. So we'll be talking all about that. But first, I want to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Locked On Blues your first listen because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. All right, Tommy, short and sweet episode today. One thing to talk about, one thing only, and that is the Blues 5-2 victory in a definitely a trap game against the Ottawa Senators, and it wasn't as smooth sailing uh, right away. I said it was a convincing victory, but it wasn't exactly a dominant victory because there was a period there, you know, up 3-2, to two, killing off a 5-on-3, was touch and go for a bit, and the Blues really locked in and, you know, came away with a victory, as we saw. The score didn't really dictate how the game was, right? Because for me, the Blues felt like we're in control the entire game, never really wavered. The Blues were on the power play a lot, which... Uh, having one of the highest ranked power plays in the league is going to spell disaster for any team, much less a team like the Ottawa Senators, uh, who's missing their best defenseman on the team right now. So uh, it was a long night for them. And Murray was just kind of trying to weather the storm with an onslaught of shots, ended up getting hurt towards the end of the game. So that sucks for them because he'd been putting up like Billy Huso numbers lately uh, since January 1st, which is Kind of crazy for a guy that uh, has had so many ups and downs in his career. So kind of things that you hate to see, but you love to see from the Senators, Brady Kachuk getting an assist on the first goal. And that was a we nasty knew, knew that was a nasty pass. Uh, just kind of a little tip into the zone to Stutzel on the break wide open and beat Billy Huso. But the Blues played fantastic. Like I said, con- kind of controlled the game for the majority of it. Just an absurd night from Vladimir Tarasenko. Probably the best game we've seen from him this season. Might be the best game we've seen from him in the last, four I don't know, years. four years. Yeah, I mean, it looked like vintage Vladdy, and not just on the offensive side of the puck because I feel like he always brings that scoring capability and that danger in the offensive zone, but it was the back checking. It was the neutral zone play. It was the passes like you were talking about. It didn't feel like anything was missing from Vladimir Tarasenko's game. He was engaged in every zone, and that's the kind of Vladdy that is going to spell disaster for other teams in the playoffs. So I tweeted it out, but I can't wait to see. I mean, after the season that he's had this year, after the off season that he had with the blues and going through the trade rumors and the trade demand and like everyone having their opinions and all those things and me and us even being on the show, like how is he going to be able to handle this with all this stuff swirling around? What's this season going to look like? And just absolutely blowing every expectation anyone had for him out of the water. Seattle Kraken could have had him for free. They said, we don't want you. He said, well, you should have because I'm absolutely tearing it up right now. And like I said, watching this guy play in the playoffs for the St. Louis Blues He's been a maniac in years past, and he's been a shell of his former self. Now, looking at the play and the resume that he's put together this season, he's got to be licking his chops for some postseason play. Playoff Vladdy is back? Forget it. I remember one year he had seven goals in six games, and they lost the series. It might have been, like like I said, the first year that I started watching Blues Hockey and that Blackhawks year that they lost in six, but he had like seven goals in six games, and the next year he came out and did the same thing, and... 
he had his moments in the cup run as well. So yeah, if we get uh playoff Vladdy back in action, I'm really excited to see that for sure. Um, we got a lot to talk about, so I'm gonna I'm gonna knock the first uh, ad break out of the way. Like I said, short and sweet episode today. But that being said, I do want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Primal Origin Oils. Got beard? Get primal. You heard me right. Got beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. If you watch the YouTube, you probably see me itching my beard all the time, but I've been trying out. Some, I've been trying out some beard oil, and maybe you've noticed it hasn't been happening. Like a little brush or a comb too. And I bet if you put the yeah, beard yeah, oil I mean, and then use that episode, too, it'll go through like evenly oh coated through every oh hair. It's probably look amazing. Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. Uh, the products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes bombs, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel and beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. The combo kits make a great holiday gift. If you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad that you did. Like I said, you know, I've used it. It helps a lot. Uh, we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel and beard to the other products you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code locked on gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. That's code locked on at checkout for 20% off. And we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So the offense was really strong as we talked about Vladimir Tarasenko, Braden Shen, Robert Thomas, and Oscar Sundquist getting in on the goal scoring. But I think one of the, the biggest elements that's kind of going to go underappreciated from uh, the victory of the St. Louis Blues is the defense that they played. Uh, like I mentioned, there was a, a point in time where the Blues had to kill off a five on three, well up three to two. That is a classic spot for any hockey team to swing the momentum in their favor, not just, you know, teams playing the blues. That's just a typical scenario where you, if you're down one goal and you got a five on three, you expect to come out of that at least tied and with momentum. Um, and the blues, you know, really made that the last chance the senators had in this game. And you could tell it really took the wind out of their sails. Cause after that, it was all blues the rest of the way. Um, and it really was just a huge momentum killer. Like I said, to be able to, to come in, on the road, an area where the Blues have really struggled this season and, and keep the home team off the board on a five-on-three, up one goal. Can't play much better defensive hockey than that. So, I don't know. Every time Billy Huso straps on the pads, the defense seems to prove us wrong in terms of what they're capable of. But I want to save the goalie controversy for another episode because, like I said, I want to keep this one short and sweet. And if we start talking about Bennington and Huso, we'll be here all night. So, just talk about the defense. Put the tin full of hats on about the controversy, the defense in front of the goalies. I think it's a fair, it's definitely a fair conversation to have. But like you said, we'll have that conversation um, another day. The five on threes are definitely a thing. The too many men on the ice are definitely a thing. I don't know why that's uh, all of a sudden popped up once again. I feel like the Blues have a problem with that every single year in the last three games. I think they have three too many men on the ice penalties, which... I don't know how that happens so often for a team. Like, literally just count the bodies. <laughs> it's not that hard. And I know sometimes the Blues get such good puck possession in the offensive zone. It, it seems like there's six or seven guys on the ice, but um, maybe that's a reason that you don't need that many bodies out there. Uh, but that being said, like you said, five on three, the penalty kills were massive for this team. And I think, not that the Blues ever really lost that momentum, but that's definitely an opportunity for the Ottawa Senators to crawl back into a game that they had no business being in. Uh, obviously, with guys that they're missing, 
uh, they're missing a bunch of high scoring forwards. Batherson obviously is one of them. I, I think there's a couple in there too um, that I'm just blanking on right now, but uh, yeah, their injury list was long. Right. So take that into consideration with like, they're a bottom feeder team anyway, and they're missing a lot of scoring potential and the blues defense has struggled. So it's a good bounce back game for them to get confidence. I, we haven't talked about Jake Wallman on this podcast, but he's filled in nicely in Scandella's absence. Has he not? He's been great. I mean, we always talk about with a good defenseman, you know, unless they're an offensive defenseman, their best games, you're not going to notice them. And I guess the fact that we haven't talked about Jake Wallman and Marco Scandella would seemingly come up on every podcast in a negative aspect. The fact that we haven't really talked about Jake Wallman kind of goes to show just how solid he's playing. You know, he's not a flashy defenseman by any means. He skates so well there, you know, he skates really well. Yeah. He just does all the right things and, you know, shame on us. It's pretty easy to just kind of take something like that for granted. But like I said, you know, it seemed like every time we would talk about Marco Scandella, not, yeah, definitely every time we would talk about Marco Scandella, it would be to complain and say, oh, yeah, you know, he's struggling. Um, another guy, Colton Pareko, I think, has kind of really settled the, settled the noise in terms of uh, the doubters. You know, he's not exactly the dominant force that he was in the cup run, but. Blues have been playing some really good hockey. And like I said, his name hasn't come up in a while. And it feels like with this defense, the more that we talk about guys, it's just to complain. So seeing some good things out of the defensive unit of the St. Louis Blues. I still would like them to maybe add a name um, come trade deadline just because, you know, I'd love to see a a true number. You want to talk about trade speculation? Uh, I saw a a tweet today that, was a quote from Darren Dreger that said that the Blues are heavily interested in Ben Sherratt. So really quick, we don't have to go down the whole trade speculation. We can save that from when we get closer to the deadline and whether or not we get closer to a deal actually happening. Uh, but my opinion, if you follow me on any social media, I'm all aboard the Chikrin bus. I want to make that trade happen somehow, I think with his youth and the contract that he has. Obviously, his stats don't look great in Arizona, but nobody's is going to. So bringing him in as like a kind of savior aspect uh, with, like I said, the youth that he has, the development that the Blues could give him, uh, and the size that he brings, the offensive potential, I think everything's there for him to be a key part for this team, not just for the season and not just for the cup run, but for seasons moving forward. That being said, that's going to be a tall task to get something like that done. So I think any attempt to improve the defense, if Chikrin is not it, uh, any any attempt to improve the defense is welcomed and a win in my book. So as much as Ben Sherratt would not be my first, uh, my not, not my first dibs for the St. Louis Blues, if the Blues do end up getting him, I'm going to be happy that they're at least, at least trying to build on D. If the right deal is in not place, I wouldn't mind it. But I don't know how much Ben Sherratt moves the needle. Another conversation for another day because uh, there are a few other... Uh, points from this game I want to touch on. But before we do that, if you guys think the Blues are going to trade for Ben Sherrod or have any hot takes that you want to, you know, maybe put your money where your mouth is, you got to check out Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball and hockey are in full steam for both pro and college. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot. For all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball, BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
And we'll be right back with the last segment of today's episode. All right, Tommy, real quick, one more guy I want to I wanna highlight uh, and talk about. Um, I'm sure it'll lead us down a few other rabbit holes before we wrap this one up. Uh, Robert Thomas had an incredibly strong game tonight, uh, and I think it really came down to his willingness to shoot the puck. Um, there was a moment there in the first or second period, I don't remember, where he had a prime opportunity and chose to make the extra pass, uh, and it frustrated me. I think I saw a ton of tweets on Twitter, just shoot! Um, and then it seemed like after that, you know, maybe Ruby pulled him aside and said, Hey, Hey man, when you have that opportunity, fire the puck. And sure enough, pretty soon after that, he gets himself a goal. And then all of a sudden passing lanes are open up left and right. Ended up getting himself an assist on the empty net goal. But when he is a, a sort of a, a dual weapon player in his shot and his passing ability, he is one of the hardest players to stop on this blues team. So I'm going to bring up two points to counter the one that you just made, which is a very good point. My first point is that. Robert Thomas does not have a bad shot, right? And I think that's kind of that's kind of been lost in this whole kind of conversation surrounding him. It's not that he has a bad shot; it's just that uh, he's kind of like he's a, a pass, pass first, first mentality. Oh, jinx! That was amazing. Pass first mentality, playmaker, uh, and that's kind of I feel like as a young guy that comes into the league, almost the same thing as Ivan Barbashev. Like you, you find a role. Thank that goodness, Barbashev's okay, by the way. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I, like Jeremy Rutherford said on Twitter, it really it really kind of hits home once you take the boot off. So uh, hopefully it doesn't get swollen and whatever else happens. But with Robert Thomas, you kind of, as a young guy, you come into the league and find a role that fits you, right? So for Robert Thomas, has been that playmaker and tallying up the assists, and that's how he's kind of gained his ice time and rosen up the ranks for the St. Louis Blues. For Ivan Barbashev, it was that physicality, the grinded out, the forechecking, and rosen up the ranks for the St. Louis Blues. Now Ivan Barbashev is in, is in a position where the Blues are comfortable giving him that ice time. He's confident being on the ice so he can not really experiment, I'd say, because he was he was an offensive force in juniors and like the KHL and all that stuff. But he, can, he feels more confident in that offensive side of his game. And for... Robert Thomas, I think that's what he's fighting against is pushing through that you don't have to pass the puck every time because you have the skill set available to not only tally up the assists but tally up the goals too. And so um, I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. And even uh, this game in particular, because we've seen in, an increase in the shots that Robert Thomas is taking this season, I think. I think it's conscious that he's trying to take more. But it, it felt like Earlier on in the season, he was more like shooting the puck because that's the right play or just, I don't know, it felt more like throwing it on net and not the fact that it like wasn't accurate or anything like that. But these shots that he's shooting now are more like, I'm about to bury this yep. son of a gun Confidence. and it's going to just drill like flames through the back of the net. And I think, I don't know, it's just that kind of flipping that switch for Robert Thomas. And like we saw throughout the course of this season, he's kind of built a dynamic duo with Vladimir Tarasenko. And we didn't even talk about the fact that Buchnevich had three assists on the night and matched the point totals of Robert Thomas and Tarasenko. Monster. And that just kind of, that kind of feeds into the narrative that we've built here that Buchnevich kind of flies under everybody's radar because Vladimir Tarasenko and Robert Thomas are the sexy names pretty much. But yeah. um, all three of those guys on the same line just tore it up all night long. But in particular, Robert Thomas, if he can prove to be a fully rounded offensive threat because we saw him take a ton of faceoffs tonight. 
I think that was on purpose to give him confidence uh, in the offensive zone, in the defensive zone, whatever opportunity that Berube gives him to rely on him to win those faceoffs. And then also, I mean, we know he's going to bring the playmaking, but if he can bring a, a goal-scoring capability, I don't know if he'll ever score goals like Jordan Cairo does or make it that simple, but if he can score goals and already has the best playmaker on the team, that is going to be a dynamic duo going for the St. Louis Blues throughout the playoffs. Whether Vladdy stays, whether Vladdy goes, giving him that confidence is just going to be brilliant for his development as a hockey player. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, his confidence that he's been showing, his ability, he has an uh, opportunity to turn into a really dangerous player for the St. Louis Blues. He already is, but he can get even, even stronger for them. All right, one final note before we wrap this one up. Um, Doug Armstrong, GM of the St. Louis Blues, tonight became the 25th general manager in NHL history to record 500 wins with a single team. So big congrats to Doug Armstrong on that. I think uh, tomorrow will be a kind of a good opportunity, you know, as a result of that to go into a more in-depth uh, discussion of what, you know, Doug Armstrong has brought to this team this season and seasons in the past. But if you could use one word to describe what Doug Armstrong brings to the St. Louis Blues, Tommy, what would it be? Oh my God. I know it's a hard one question. Word? One word to encapsulate 500 wins in the NHL. One word to describe Doug Armstrong is unwavering. That's my best description of him. That's really because good. I think when it comes down to trades, if someone offers him a trade, even for a piece that he wants, uh, he's not going to budge unless he knows that it's a good deal. Oh, even if it feels good at the right time, even if it's uh, there's a hometown discount involved, even if it's involving your captain, uh, whatever kind of deals he strikes, whether it's free agency or um, trades, uh, he is absolutely unwavering when it comes to prospects. He's unwavering when it comes up when it comes to what he's willing to give up. Uh, and he's unwavering when it comes to this team and what he wants this team to do. And what yeah. he currently wants this team to do is compete for a Stanley Cup. He's unwavering in that mindset. He's not going to – He's not gonna. I mean, we saw it in the Stanley Cup run. Are, we, are you going to sell at the deadline? Absolutely not. I believe in this team. I believe in what we built. I think we still have a chance to make the playoffs and make a deep run. What did they do go out winning the Stanley Cup? Doug Armstrong is unwavering, and that's my Damn, final. that's that's got to be the number one answer on the board. <laughs> 45 that's 45 good. uh survey responded said that yeah that's that's i was gonna go confident but you just kind of took a better version of the word confident and, and kind of put me in my place mm -hmm. so unwavering what is about like bald i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to say i wanted to say self-aware you know self-aware it's got a it's got a hyphen so it's kind of two words but he's we'll, he, we'll count it he's very honest when it comes to his uh, you know his approach to the team the year that he traded Paul Stas anyway at the deadline um and the year that they won the Stanley Cup they were right around the same spot at that deadline he could just kind of tell that the previous year the Paul Stas year they didn't quite have it you know he was honest he was self-aware mm -hmm. you know he didn't try to overplay his hand and then like you said the year that they won the cup self-aware again looked at the roster said had to fire his head coach you know, or midway through a season, always a kind of a risky play. Um, brings in Craig Bruby, a guy that whose style isn't really uh, typically appreciated in the modern NHL. Um, but he was aware. He didn't do well with the Flyers either. No, and he so was aware. Kind of he was, like I said, self-aware, aware of the roster in front of him, aware of what the team needed. 
uh, and gave the team the boost of confidence that they needed to hoist a Stanley Cup. And it's gotten the Blues where they are today. Because like I said, he's just aware of the team, aware of what they need, aware of what works, etc., etc. So that being said, all the time we have for today's episode, I want to thank you all so much for listening. Uh, pretty soon, like I said, that teaser that we talked about yesterday, you got some big, big, big for a stuff minute. in the works. So just make sure you stay tuned to that. And if you want to know what it is, make sure, like I said, hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Subscribe to us. You can go us. look for it in Creevecore if you want. You could. You could. Give them more, more little uh, crumbles on the trail if they wanted to really figure out what the surprise is. Oh, that's too much. That's getting edited out. <laughs> not on youtube not on youtube <laughs> if you want to hear unedited uh little secrets like that make sure you check us out on youtube hit that subscribe button and the notification bell all that good stuff follow us on all of our socials instagram twitter facebook and tiktok at locked on blues follow me on twitter at josh hammond nhl follow tommy at t welster 15 and like i said thanks so much for listening and as always let's go blues